available at the official K-pop podcast at LibraryWorld.com, where we discuss weekly topics around all things K-pop. We are recording on August 29th, 2022. I'm Rob, editor-in-chief at Lobby Rumble, and I'm joined by returning guest Brent. Brent, how was your week? Let's go, Rob. Good to be back once again. So uh, my week was uh, it was a pretty good week. I had family visiting. It's kind of like a small mini family reunion. They're visiting from Toronto, Denver, and Washington D.C. Uh, they were here for like pretty much the whole week, mm-hmm. and I tried, you know, when I wasn't working to go and hang out with them. You know, they were staying at my aunt's house, and uh, yeah, they they pretty much got a whole tour of the bay area napa they went down to Monterey. there mm. you know being all touristy and whatnot and then we would have like you know just dinners at night and just hang out and whatnot and it was it was good it was good to see them it's i want to say it's been about seven years since i last saw them so it was good to see them luckily it wasn't hot during mm. the week which was you know which was nice so that we all could really go out and enjoy being outside and whatnot so yeah it's a good week yeah i think it's about to be hot again and then luckily last week when all the concert stuff was going on it wasn't too hot either oh yeah but good timing my week it was very k-pop centric if you didn't listen to last week's episode uh we a couple of us just came back from kcon Almost immediately, KCON tour happened in San Francisco, which we'll talk about later in the spotlight. And the immediately next day, I went to go watch a Cards wildcard tour in uh, San Jose. So very, very concert heavy for me. So uh, you could check that out on the website coming up. But now let's talk about new releases. In this section, we highlight and talk about some of our favorite releases from the previous week. On August 23rd, we got Leo of Vix with Losing Games, followed by JB of God7 with Rocking Chair. On the 24th, we got JB and Youngjae of God7 with Closer. I believe this is a OST song. And then we got Ha Sung Moon with Focus and AB6 with Chance. On the 25th, we got DKB with 24-7, followed by Yeri of Red Velvet with Sam Kim with Nap Fairy. On the 26th, we got Twice with Talk That Talk. And we got 17 with a re-release of World featuring Anne-Marie. And Mark Twan of Got 7 with Far Away. And on the 28th, we've got the debut of Honey J with Honey Drop featuring Little Cherry. And today on the 29th, we've got Tempest with Can't Stop Shining. Lee Jin Hyuk of Uptension with Crack. Rocket Punch with Flash. And the solo debut of Kim Chae-won of April with Tomorrow. Brent, among this week's new releases, which would you pick as your favorite? So for this week, I am going to pick, surprise, surprise, twice, talk that talk. Mm-hmm. Uh, before that, though, I just want to, you know, honorable mention, Rocket Punch with Flash. Mm-hmm. You know, my girls are back. That's very, that's actually a very good song. Was, I was really close to picking that. Real close. It's really good. And yeah, I was pretty close, I too. <laughs> so close. So close to picking that. It's so good, though. It reminded but, me of something that, like, Isa One would have put out. Yes, exactly. It's in yeah, that yeah. like electronic pop field kind of thing. Yeah, it definitely had that kind of feel and mm-hmm. good music video. Okay, anyways, so I picked twice. Talk that talk, and um, so twice continuing with their like 
kind of sit sounding songs, you know, this one going for a 2000s kind of vibe ish, you know, and uh, the instrumental for this song, I think was actually really good. It was very solid. It was, it was pretty fun. It's pretty chill. It got a little bit funky with some bass in there, which kind of threw me off, but mm-hmm. it was really good. It fits with the twice vocals, you know, the girls always, they always uh, deliver strong performances. And I think this one is no exception. And it's just, it's a real good song. I had, I had fun with it. I was bopping my head every time I hear it. It's real good. Mm-hmm. And uh, with the music video, kind of had this uh, like futuristic, almost like gamey looking feel. And then it would go to like just straight like a retro Y2K, you know, old school Windows 95 looking windows <laughs> with uh, hat videos. And like, you know, you'd see like little Atari figures and things. Like and uh, I thought it was really, it was really fun. And um, with their outfits, though, there was one thing I thought was a little off, but not yeah, really. But they had it, like it felt these, like it didn't fit. <laughs> but yeah, so they they did have these like two thousand ish vibe, like two thousand looking uh, outfits or costumes, whatever you want to call it, which I thought was you know fits. But then they also had kind of like this like kind of like sexy kind of thing. Yeah, kind of outfit with. Okay, I don't know if I've noticed this, but like, I don't know who always does it, but it always seems like Twice always has like gun holsters <laughs> with like every other outfit. I don't know. It's weird. I always, I notice it now. Like I've seen them wear gun holsters before and it's like, what? Yeah, I, don't I know saw what that, that fan that cam of like them arriving at a music show with gun holsters. Yeah. And it's it's kind of interesting. Like I've noticed, like it's, they've been having that for like a few years now. I'm like I don't know what the deal with that is, but yeah. Mm-hmm. And let's see here. Um, in a music video, there's actually uh, I didn't notice it. I had looked it up, but there's like little Easter eggs within the video. So there's like these dates are you know they just look like random numbers, but they're actually dates that signify uh, milestones in you know twice his career over the past seven years, like uh, their debut date, they had their first win date on there, the first concert they ever had. And um, and at the end of the video, there's actually a QR code. And if you scan this QR code, it actually takes you to a post on their Instagram from 2015, where they revealed the fandom name of Once, which is, you know, just cool. You know, this is, this video really is like kind of for their for the fans and you know since since they um kind of like a thank you almost it seems like but um yeah overall the song and the music i liked it's fun it's catchy i really love the chorus you know i don't know why it seems like every time sana is in the chorus though i i tend to like it even more for some reason but yeah mm-hmm. Maybe that's just a, a preference thing, but, you know, might be a little biased, maybe. But, yeah, it's great. Good song, good fun, and I like it. Yeah, I definitely uh, gravitated towards this song compared to more, or compared to other Twice songs, just because it's in that sort of funk genre that I like a lot. Yeah. Yeah, it was a, it was a fun song, and... Uh, definitely like like you said like some things clash a little bit like oh how come sometimes like i i personally didn't understand the concept of the video like 
they're are they like hunting people or something or oh i didn't i did not get it at first at all definitely not is it a video game <laughs> but it, apparently it's like they're um what is it see even i can't explain but they're like it's kind of, parts of it it's kind of like they're watching like these two worlds or something i don't know it was some something like that but mm-hmm. honestly i didn't really look into it that much anymore i was like yeah i'm not gonna get this yeah it's just a very flashy music video uh for whatever reason even if it didn't fit parts of the song it or the wardrobe but i was here for the song uh and also they were they were stunning in the video they the stylists uh did really good like they all looked great oh yeah i'm about to do some hopping even though i'm not even sure if i have a bias in twice but yeah great video great Mm -hmm. song um I definitely need to go add some of their songs to my playlist later. So for my song this week, uh, it was a pretty uh, it was a pretty tough choice because not a lot of songs uh, resonated with me. Um, it was very God Seven heavy some somehow this week, but none of them really <laughs> very... um, got to me. Um, AB Six was pretty close. Um, Rocket Punch Leo's is song was actually really good. Leo's song was really good too, actually. Yeah, there are parts of Leo's songs that I was into. Um, shout out to Chewan for debuting solo and her giving a little shout out to April because they did like end on like just a like mixed taste because of that whole scandal stuff. But it's great that she's putting that message out there. But my pick this week is Tempest's comeback with Can't Stop Shining. I didn't expect to choose a fairly recent boy band um, from my pick, but it was a pretty catchy song too. Um, this sort of starts off as sounding like sort of an 80s song, but right when the verse and the chorus hits, it turns it into sort of similar to Twice's song with a sort of modern funk and electric vibe to it. And it's just very catchy and it's also very well shot. Uh, there's a lot of like, graphics going on like they have the whole freeze frame where everything's like frozen they're they're um, walking through things especially the scenes where they're just super vibrant going to the chorus those scenes are shot really well that like it's just like parts of the editing and parts of the set design just makes it look like good graphic design in the video Mm. but song is catchy that's all there is to it um I'm, I don't technically stand Tempest as of now, but hey, they're uh, Yenna and Everglow's brother group. So hopefully they make a name for themselves. So that was Twice with Talk That Talk and Tempest with Can't Stop Shining. In the news segment, we'll share our picks for what happened in K-pop for the week. So Brent, what did you bring for news this week? Well, for news, I brought up, well... I mean, it can't be a K-pop podcast without talking about Blackpink. <laughs> so Blackpink, they had a fairly good night at the MTV Video Music Awards. Now, I know you're thinking, Video Music Awards, who watches that? I've, I haven't watched it in years, but, <laughs> you know, but Blackpink actually going to the awards, they actually were there. I think brought in a lot of viewership, you know, not from just fans of Blackpink, but also people who've heard of, you know, what is this Blackpink I keep hearing about? So I think it was smart for MTV to actually get the book them in. And so I believe 
this is Blackpink's first live performance of Peak Venom. I yes, it, I think it is. And so it was actually a pretty good performance. They did sing it live, which I appreciate. Always appreciate when artists can sing live. And, you know, it, was, it wasn't anything crazy on stage. It was literally just them and some dancers, which is... I mean, which is all you really need. So, but they looked real good. They sounded pretty good. I liked it. I saw on like online, there was like a bunch of people in the crowd just, you know, dance along. And I saw like this TikTok of like Taylor Swift actually oh, yeah, you know, dancing, dancing and too. singing along. Is it? Yeah, she was like even singing along. I was like, oh man, they're Blackpink is reaching far, man. They're getting everybody. Mm-hmm. But, but yeah. So they performed Pink Venom. They've also won Best Metaverse Performance with their PUBG collaboration with uh, Ready for Love. And then Lisa also won the K-pop, Best K-pop category with La Lisa. So that's technically two two awards right there. Mm-hmm. And um, so we also got, there was other, other winners in the K-pop world was Seventeen with Rock With You for the push performance of the year and for the fourth consecutive year bts has won group of the year so nice the boys still got it they still got it and um i just like to say that for a pre-release song that blackpink has released it is blowing up like pretty crazy like all around the globe and i think once their official real comeback comes along I mean, I don't know, man. It's going to be crazy. Mm-hmm. They, they're going to re-break records or, that they already set, and I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, it's crazy how records are just always being broken with like subsequent girl group releases and stuff like that. That It just keeps going up, especially with like new groups that you still see, like New Jeans and Ive are still breaking records too, along with Blackpink. But yeah, that's that's great for them that they're sort of melding into the English music scene as well. Um, not just like BTS every year, but here comes Blackpink and even Seventeen comes out. But congratulations to all of them as well. So that was Blackpink at the MTV Video Music Awards. Before I get to my pick, I just wanted to shout out the headline of Hyuna and Dawn parts ways with P Nation. That's a pretty big news story, but... The news story that I wanted to pick is a little bit um, more relevant to me, um, which is Luna's Yojin collapses on stage during group's world tour in Mexico City. So this happened on August 28th at the Pepsi Center in Mexico City. All K-pop reported that Luna member Yojin collapsed on stage after a song. Fan videos have been posted that show member Vivi catching her um, during their final pose. Fans have also said that Yojin had been escorted off stage and not returned for the rest of the concert. Just before we started recording this podcast, Blackberry Creative released a statement on August 30th, attributing the high altitude to her breathing issues that night. She's in stable condition after being treated by the on-site medical team. It should also be noted that Chori and Olivia Hay were not able to perform that night either due to health conditions. Mexico City marks their 14th stop on the world tour, which then leads into a five-stop tour in Europe, then leading to a concert in Japan. This is also apart from a stop that they made for KCON LA 2022. 
it just sort of sort of shows that maybe they're being a little bit overworked because a lot of the girls are um dipping in and out of performing whether it's um health conditions or stuff like that that maybe this isn't the best scheduled show because every week like a uh, one person's out or one person came in uh hasul is has been performing in a sling with a bunch of medical tape um for the past cool, few weeks man. that it just seems like it's not a very good idea to keep going that a wide array of fans that i've seen on social media are just like calling for them to cancel the tour even if it's at the company's expense that either they they weren't prepared for the tour or it's just not the best plan so i'm definitely on mm. the side that maybe they should stop it cuz even on what i was at the san francisco stop which was i think was the second stop they were already like sort of like not having it with like the conditions out there so yeah it's just i think they should reevaluate uh the tour even if it, like if it's at the expense of the company and also at the expense of the fans who have already like bought tickets just to give them a little bit of a rest and hopefully come back around another time i agree this is i think this is a sign that they need to reevaluate for sure uh has has Eugene had uh like problems before with like breathing problems before i don't think i've ever heard of it or is this uh, just for this night it happened yeah no like like even before the official statement a lot of fans were saying like oh maybe it is a high altitude and then as we were preparing for the mm. show i was even looking at the altitude of mexico city compared to where we're from in the bay area that their altitude is like 7000 something while ours is about like 60 oh, or not 60 yeah. 60 <laughs> 7000 as opposed to 60 it's it's a big difference that um oh yeah yeah <laughs> oh, so um hopefully uh, because like even in previous videos of yojin um on social media and stuff she's like always prancing around just like being the burst of energy that she is but yeah just something about oh, this yeah, night that's right. that, yeah it's yeah. possibly possibly the high altitude but it also might be just the um uh scheduling because yeah they, they were at all these shows like it looks like almost so looking at the schedule it looks like almost every other day they've had a concert um with some days being back to back so yeah, oh, it, man, yeah. It, it possibly is like just um taking a toll on them because this is their um first world tour and maybe they're just not used to it but i've seen that they've had some pretty cra crazy schedules in korea but maybe it is just like a new environment kind of thing that might be affecting them i'd say it's i'm looking at uh south korea's elevation yeah it's only 125 feet so they're definitely not used to seven thousand <laughs> feet in the air yeah, mm. that's definitely some thinning air up there yeah so like i said like even because it, it is just heartbreaking seeing uh like the like end of the concert uh pictures where there's literally only eight of the 12 girls we know that uh chu is still back in korea with her schedules but like they're down three girls tonight or that night that yeah hopefully they reconsider things but um i hope they just give them more rest because even like at kcon i saw like a lot of people in the comments saying like oh give them a rest or whatever yeah definitely 
So as Luna's Yojin collapsed on stage during the group's world tour in Mexico City. In the spotlight section, we try to shine a light on something in K-pop, whether it be an artist, song, album, TV show, or the like. This week, we'll talk about our experience at the KCON Tour 2022 San Francisco stop. This took place on August 23rd at the Orpheum Theater in San Francisco. Just before we get to the each section, uh, what are your general feelings? Uh, generally, let's see. So I came there for Stacy. Obviously, that's, you know, I love Stacy. I came there for them. But I left that show with a very, very good impression by all the other artists. And I had a great time overall. Like, they, this was their first stop on the tour. So, you know, probably a little nervous. But they gave out real good performances and high energy overall. And, you know, I might even become a fan of, you know, one or two or all. All three of the new rookies. But mm-hmm. yeah, I, I had a great time. It was fun. I mean, even though it was a small stage, I felt like they did a real good job of performing. And, you know, being a smallish theater, you know, you get a real good view of them. So, you know, I really enjoyed that part, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Um, I sort of had my worries worries going in because... If you don't know, this was supposed to be broken up into two days, so two artists per day. But I think I've heard through the grapevine that they've canceled each first showing um, and compacted them into their second nights because of low ticket sales. Everyone was worried that, like, oh, blah, blah, blah. Uh, we're not going to get all the time for the artists that we're there for, which a lot of them I saw were for Stacy. But yeah. even if, um, what was it? like maybe two hours or two and a half hours. Um, yeah, two about two, two and a half hours. Yeah, it still felt that each group had a good showing um, individually. And then it sort of makes me wonder, like, what, w- what were they going to do with two hours with just two groups? But yeah, let's get to the set list for the night. So first of all, we've got Lightsum with Vanilla and Vivace. Vivace? I have never, I always forget how to pronounce it. Yeah, it's like, I'm probably like phrasing <laughs> yeah. it wrong, but it's Vivace. Yeah. So, what do you think about this set? So, I like that they started with Lightsome, honestly. I really did like it. And I, I've heard Vivace before. I actually haven't heard of Vanilla, and I, I really like that one as well. Yeah, I believe Vanilla is their debut song. Yeah. It was, I liked it and it was it was it was a really good start to the show I felt with with Lightsome. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely these were like my two favorite songs by them. So it's sort of like, oh, they're already unloading the clip right here. Uh my two favorites already <laughs> off the bat. And then uh same thing with the with the next act we'll talk about. But yeah, it was great that they even got a pretty good reaction from what I heard. Um a lot of people were pretty loud for them. Oh, yeah. I, there was like two people, maybe like three seats away from me. They actually had like lights on sides and they were just, oh, man, they were loving it. Mm-hmm. They were going crazy. Yeah. So let's move on to Cravity. They performed Adrenaline My Turn, which are definitely Adrenaline is my favorite Cravity song that they put out. Uh, what did you think? Same. I, I really liked Adrenaline and I like I like Cravity's like their energy when they were performing, man. They were 
and they were top notch. It was real good. Mm-hmm. I I was like, man, these guys are they're just they're really giving it their all. You know what I mean? And I, I really appreciated that. And yeah, Adrenaline, I think, might have been my favorite song of theirs that they performed that night. Mm-hmm. So definitely going to check that out again and again and again. Yeah, because I think even even when they were like talking about their songs of the crowd, I think de- the majority was for my turn. But uh, for me personally, my turn is a little bit uh, too hype for my taste compared to adrenaline. It's more on that pop side. But mm, yeah, yeah. After that, they brought out uh, light some again to sort of like talk to the crowd, introduce each other and stuff like that. And shortly after, they introduced the next set, which was, quote unquote, the next day um, acts, which was right away they came out with Stacy. I was surprised. Um, Stacy, they came out with my favorite song um, of their title tracks of the night, which was Run to You. And they also did So Bad. Um, I believe they also had this section where they were... um, where they were doing the ASAP dance with everybody. <laughs> it was just funny because <laughs> we were they knew that we didn't have a lot of space that instead of doing like the uh I forget what they call it. I think it's like the clothes washing dance or something. Instead of like yeah, pumping to the side, yeah. they had us like pumping into the air, which is pretty funny. I thought I thought that part was pretty funny. <laughs> but what did you think about Stacy's set? So this is First time seeing Stacy live, what I came here for. Mm-hmm. And man, you know, once everyone stopped screaming and I could hear <laughs> them, <laughs> I really liked it. I enjoyed it. And there, this is the first time seeing Stacy. Usually, I really like their performance. I really like there's when So Bad came on, you know, the, of course, I've been with Stacy since day one. So I'm, I was really happy to see them perform So Bad. And they look, and they look really good in person too. But, mm-hmm. You know, I gotta admit, Stacy and my girl Jay <laughs> looking cute. Yeah, I also got to enjoy them a lot closer compared to KCon because I was a little, I was in P two, so I was a little far. Still lucky that I got to watch uh, "Run to You" in my direction because of the three sixty stage. But seeing mm-hmm. these two songs, um, it was a lot better. Like not too far away from the front um seeing them and then they definitely know how like i i got a a glimpse of this at kcon but they definitely know how to work the crowd um it, it, i mean it helps that the crowd is is all crazy for stacy but it was like she just like um knowing how to tease everybody like how to like um get them hyped is pretty fun so let's move on to TO1. They came out with No More X and Boom Pow. Just a fun little thing. They are technically not rookies, but um, because they previously debuted before. Um, I forgot the name of their group, but they came off of a off of a survival show. And then I actually saw them before at um KCON when they were still like picking who is going to win, because that was part of the the show. But what did you think about TO1? So with TO1, I actually liked the Boom Pow performance in that song. Like, it's very, it's kind of bass heavy, but for some reason, like, I really liked it. It was, it was, it was pretty hyped, but it was a pretty hyped song, but I really enjoyed it. And I think those guys, they worked that stage really well, mm-hmm. honestly. Like, even though it was a small stage, they, 
the way they had their choreo all set up and all their blocking and whatnot, it was they used the stage very well. So, you know, T.O. shout out to T.O. one, man. Good performers. Yeah, they had a pretty good performance um, as it was. But I think in general, uh, people were pretty quiet. I think one of the reasons was because um, if you didn't know, um, one of the members was wearing something a little bit problematic at KCON. And we don't have to go into that, but I, d- I know when I uh, checked out social media, people were like, oh, I'm totally dead silent when whenever T01 was out because of that. But um, it's sort of unfortunate. <laughs> oh, it might have been a styling um, thing, but it's, it's sort of one of those things where it's like not really educated decisions. But I mean, other than that, T01 mm. had, a, had a decent um, showing there. And then they... They brought out Stacy again and did a similar thing where they were hyping up the crowd, stuff like that. Um, I think by now, um, the whole American thing came out and everyone was barking at at the groups by now, which is pretty oh funny. <laughs> yeah, can I just say I I was not expecting that. Like everyone just started barking. I thought that was a a twice thing, but apparently it's a become like. I don't know. Has that become a California thing? Like, uh, I don't know. It's I'm kinda, not sure, but I know weird. definitely at almost every concert I've been to this year, which was in rapid succession, there was barking at every one of them. <laughs> yeah. I think it was even I to the know, point man. where um, where um, we were barking for mostly Stacy, And then I think <laughs> yeah. while like Jay was talking, we were still barking that like Sheehan was getting a little, little pissed off because everyone <laughs> shut up. But it was sort of like endearing, but it wasn't as bad as like um, what I talked about during um, Luna's thing because they were cheering for the wrong person at the wrong time. So, but it is it funny yeah, nonetheless, know. and definitely the artists were having fun with it too as they were like coming on and off stage. So next up, they brought back out Cravity. I believe they did. They started off with um, some cover dances, which was NCT 127's "Kick It" and Stray Kids' "Back Door." And then they also came out with Jumper and Boogie Woogie, which is uh, their most recent pre-release track, which is an all-English track. Uh, what did you think about Cravity's uh, next and last showing for the night? Uh, I also like, you know, Cravity. I think I became a fan, but the that Boogie Woogie song, you know, I appreciate them, you know, bringing out an English song for that. I thought it was actually it was a nice chill song, actually, really. Um, it reminded me of like an S Club 7 song. Yeah. Like kinda, that, that kind of an era song. It, does, it did remind me of kind of like an old school, like boy bandish kind of song. But yeah, it was it was pretty chill. Mm-hmm. Chill songs, pretty good. Uh, me personally, I liked the um, cover dances because I'm a big fan of NCT's uh, Kick It and also Backdoor. So it was fun seeing that. Like it was interesting that they didn't cover their company their company's uh songs like a mm. wj sen or a monster x but hey I, I like those songs and jumper was pretty hype and we've talked about boogie woogie so that was their that was their next and last song or next and last set of the night and then they brought out light some again with q and alive but before that they also did a cover dance of G Idol with Tomboy. What did you think of Lightsome's last set of the night? So Lightsome's last set of the night. The Tomboy thing kinda 
threw me off. Uh, I didn't expect that. But then, as you were saying earlier, they're, you know, them and Giada are like in the same family. Mm-hmm. So that was pretty good. I like, I think it was Q. I think it was the chorus of Q. But I, I, I was like, I really like this chorus. Yeah, it was Q. That was the one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the uh, I think Q, Q, Q was I the really one that they, um, that they had the audience or t- where they taught the audience like uh choreo and the and the lyrics yeah i think that's the way but i i remember i really enjoyed that that the chorus for that song for some reason mm-hmm. i'm not sure why but i just just i just gravitated to it so yeah lights some real good yeah it was fun too and like like we said uh watching them do tomboy was a big difference from what their concept is which is sort of cutesy um but it is fun seeing that um yeah alive and Q, like they they aren't really in my wheelhouse of like songs that i like but just seeing it live was pretty pretty fun and also doing the dance along with them uh was fun too and also i forgot to mention that jumper was gravity's version of teaching the song to the audience to perform with them too which was pretty hyped <laughs> to do in the audience um that's pretty fun too <laughs> Uh, yeah. So moving on to the second to last act, which was um, they, or I guess they switched up the order um, because Gravity came out first and then Lights On and then now came out TO1 where they did, surprisingly, they didn't do cover songs, but they did What a Beautiful Day, Son of a Beast, and Drummond. Over the weekend, over KCON weekend, I probably heard drumming way too many times. I was already over it. But I remember <laughs> I've heard Son of a Beast before on music shows while I was watching watching them before. And I remember that's the song I liked. And it was surpri- like it surprised me that they came out with it. That I was like, oh, I remember this song. So that was a fun song to listen to. But what did you think about T.O. One set? So for their last set, I, I think I'm going to have to agree with you. I think I, I liked Son of a Beast. Or Son of Beast? It's Son, yeah, Son of Beast. Son of Beast. Yeah. I like that song. I think out of the... In their last set, it was pretty good. The drumming song, I don't know if I'm a fan of, to mm-hmm. be honest. I yeah, don't know. If, it sort yeah. of got that like uh, surfing time kind of feel to it, which yeah, I'm not too was... big of a fan of. No, 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 no. Um, and also in this set, uh, What a Beautiful Day was their version of teaching the crowd but i think um you can sort of see people were already like getting tired um that um they weren't super participating but that was their song that they had everyone participate in but let's move on to the final set of the night but they taught asap which everyone was just doing the um the churning butter dance uh washing clothes dance and then they also came out with i was surprised by this one they came out with Love, which is a B-side from their most recent album, We Need Love, and Beautiful Monster. Uh, so what did you think about the last set of the night? Like you, I am actually also surprised they came out with Love. I thought they were going to do maybe another single song like Stereotype. but So I love ASAP, and I'm glad they performed it. Mm-hmm. And... I was I was so hyped. I didn't even record it. I was just so into it. <laughs> it's, I was like, I, I'm going to record this way. But nope, I ended up just just taking it all in. I was like, yes, just bring it to me. But yeah, so that was good. Love was a good one as well, because then you know, 
they were it was more chill for them and they were you know interacting with the crowd as they were you know singing along and whatnot so that was i think that was a good choice on them mm-hmm. to, yeah it also gave them a chance love. to just like rest as opposed to doing like another choreography song yeah exactly yeah so that i think that was smart on them to include love for sure and then uh beautiful monster i want to say beautiful monster was probably the loudest i heard the crowd for stacy like i think everyone pretty much they're kind of going a little too crazy for that one (laughs) (laughs) yeah definitely this set um if you didn't hear from KCON, we only got two songs, but I think that might be attributed to them being on the KCON tour, which I guess maybe sucks if you weren't going on the KCON tour and you went for just KCON. But I guess it was probably the same thing with Gravity. I think I heard they only had two songs during their concert night too, but they're also part of this tour, the rookie tour as well. But I mean, this is sort of the concert that made up for it because... Well, we got five Stacy songs and especially they played because love. That's like my song of the album. Um, It's definitely not like come like title track material because the chorus is more like just of a vibe kind of thing. There's there's not a lot of singing in it, but this is Mm -hmm. this fits my criteria for like a chill song that I love that hopefully I don't play it out anytime soon. But it was great. Um, even like the graphics suited the song very well. But Beautiful Monster was also fun too because whenever there's an English lyric in a song um, while you're touring America, you better believe that the audience is going to sing that those English words <laughs> very loudly. <laughs> very loudly. <laughs> because I don't think a lot of people here study the fan chants because of course I don't either. But um, <laughs> after that, they brought everyone out to say a final goodbye. Um, and that was the concert, the KCON Tour 2022 San Francisco stop. Uh, any overall takeaways from the show? Overall, I would say even though these four acts, you know, they did have a lot. Of, so they would, you know, do their two songs and then it was kind of like a little break and whatnot but i felt like it didn't drag even though they did that for pretty much every set mm-hmm. I, it was a i thought it was a fairly quick two two and a half hours like i was enjoying myself that the time went by real fast so i was looking at my watch I was like what we're almost we're done already no mm-hmm. i want i want more i need more but yeah i i'd say that it was pretty good you know this is their first stop on the tour like you said um in la they only sang like two songs right so in here on the tour they got to do more and show the fans you know more more of what they can do so it was good and i hope we don't get a hope they come back you know Mm -hmm. next year or soon yeah definitely stacy um which is well, we're both here for for the most part, even though I'm I'm down for like gravity <laughs> and uh, lights on, but um, they like all weekend long and also at the con at KCON tour, they were teasing that like, oh, maybe we'll come back for a solo tour. So I could definitely see that mm-hmm. in the cards coming up sooner than later, especially after getting um possibly a positive uh feedback from the tour. 
yeah, um, it was great seeing all these groups because I guess initially we would we would would have only seen two, and uh, for me personally, I wasn't too excited for TO one um, off the bat. But mm. I, besides the whole controversy with the dudes um, wardrobe, they put on a good show. I'm sort of sad that I cheaped out on tickets a little bit that. When I was asking, because I remember I was waiting in the uh, general admission line and I saw all of the VIPs filing in. It's like a never ending line. I think there's maybe like a (laughs) hundred of them. I was like, maybe I should just like, I was asking like my friends that night uh, or our friends that night. um, How much is the ticket? Maybe I should just got that because I I only spent like around a hundred for my sort of like balcony seats. But um I know you're a VIP. Uh, can you talk a little bit on that? So, actually, I got P1 seats. Oh, that w- oh, you weren't VIP. Is, oh, I wasn't. I wasn't technically VIP. They gave me a VIP. Oh, but you're like, P1. Thing. I don't know why, mm-hmm. <laughs> but I, I technically was P1 because I knew because I had worked at. I knew I was. I wouldn't get that day off, so I knew I wouldn't be able to do a meet and greet. Mm-hmm. So I just got P1 tickets, and and I was, you know, right behind them, you know, whatever, and me. Being a fairly tall Filipino, <laughs> I was kind of <laughs> towering over pretty much everyone in front of me. So I had real good view. So, <laughs> but yeah, it was, yeah, it was real good. Like my seats were really good. I did no complaints at all. I mean, of course, if you were closer, better chance of, you know, the artist seeing you, maybe you could get like a smile or something. But, you know, still mm-hmm. I had, I had a good time, you know, from where I was at. Yeah, and I believe a friend of the show, Chris, who was on last week, he got him and his girlfriend, Beverly, got uh, VIP and they told me a little bit about it. Um, I was surprised when they told me what it was that um, they lined everyone up outside of the venue and then inside the lobby was where they had all the artists at the same time behind plexiglass or whatever covering glass plastic thing. And you pretty much got just one round of uh, high waves at the artist. And it was pretty quick, like probably less than five seconds for all four groups. Because I, I was like, oh, maybe they're going to like file in um, four times for each group. But no, it's, they're all like right next to each other at the same time. I guess depending on how you feel about just waving at artists and sort of saying hi to them would be worth it or not. But um, I guess if you did it, you got to get pretty close to the artist. Yeah, you definitely miss out on KCON because uh, even for the price of admission uh, for the convention ticket, if you were at the right, if you waited out at a certain stage where you knew they were coming, you were just like right there, right next to them, like a few feet away from them. So it's pretty mm-hmm. crazy seeing them that close for, for cheap, for $50 a ticket. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, yeah, um overall this is a really good concert. Um like I said I was worried about having it compacted into one night. I didn't even know that this happened until maybe a week or two before, but I'm glad that they did it because I don't know what they would have done for 2 hours with two groups. Um I think maybe they cut out some more like talking sections because like I said before, I think I was worried for people who went to KCON rookies in LA that it might just be like a copy and paste of of it but they surprisingly mm. like moved the show along accordingly that they started right away with 
with um, songs, like two song sets, three song sets. And then they did a little talking section and then introduced the next group right away. They went to their set and it just like went like that for the rest of the night. There wasn't a lot of like hang ups and stuff like that that sort of like felt bogged down. Like maybe the talking section between the two groups when they first introduced each other was a little bit uh, much, but overall it, it was um, a pretty good show. Yeah. And I appreciate, you know, for, I don't think we said it, but all the artists, they they spoke themselves. They didn't have a translator, so they all mm-hmm. practiced like their English. And, you know, I appreciate that as well. They're, they're trying. And, you know, it was, it was fun. It was, it was cute seeing them. Some of them like mess up and, you know, they're like <laughs> playing it off and whatnot. So that was. Yeah, I was actually surprised at how much English they all like. I mean, I guess they all had uh, scripts that they were. They probably studied because if you ever see like all these vlogs and stuff of of people that are about to go host, they always like practice yeah. their, their um their scripts. But that was surprising because even at KCON, they during the concert, they they were just speaking in Korean. But I think maybe something messed up that there was supposed to be uh-huh. subtitles, but there wasn't. But here, like luckily, Xi'an is, is a pretty good English speaker. Um, right. Lights um hung in there. I don't I don't think any of them are native English speakers. And then no. I know uh Trick and Chris would appreciate this. Uh if I if I didn't uh shout out our boy Alan <laughs> um who who was like always just like hyping hyping himself up, hyping up the group, hyping up the crowd, being the native LA born person uh in the group, but it was fun seeing them and I I guess TL1 was hanging in there too. But yeah, great concert. Uh, if you are listening to this and the concert's coming to you and you still have a chance to go watch it, I'd say go watch it. It's definitely worth it. Definitely. $100 for four groups? Well worth it. I'd pay $100 just for that Stacy set. <laughs> Paid more just to see what group, so... <laughs> uh, definitely money's worth for sure. So that was the KCON Tour 2022 in San Francisco featuring Gravity, Stacy, Lightsome, and TO1. Before we get to promotions, I'd just like to thank you again, Brent, for coming on the show this week. Ooh, yeah, thanks for having me. Thank you for doing this a little bit last minute. But uh, to close out the show, <laughs> do you have anything to promote? Uh, yeah, I'd like to promote myself. At Brent X Bear, all one word. You can find me on all social medias, mostly Instagram and TikTok is where I'm mostly active. So, you know, come find me there. Maybe, maybe we can be friends. You can follow the podcast on all social media at Idle Rumble. You can subscribe to the podcast on your preferred podcasting platform. You could help us out by leaving us a five-star review on iTunes. You can catch my work at LobbyRumble.com where I like to write about all things pop culture. You can catch me on all social media at InvincibleRob. Music's brought to you by Kevin McLeod of Incomptech.com. And that'll do it for this week's show. We'll catch you on the next episode of the Idle Rumble Podcast. (laughs) 